folks, I'm happy to serve up Trump a three-course meal of old Donnie's failures tonight. Old Donnie diaper done. Very hard legally, both directly, but also via his cronies and his entire movement. And it starts with the fact that he and Don't everyone around him hasn't learned their lesson. That one done. of the reasons he's in such big legal trouble isn't simply because he pushes BS ideas, but because he does them even after they've already been proven wrong in court. And that the continued effort of him and his movement to do that is not only humiliating and embarrassing and insulting, but it's the kind of Trump thing that's led guilty. to charges against Trump and many others. And we also see another person who tried to be an expert despite not having any expertise ruin their life for Trump before finally getting Diaper to Don found Trump guilty. Oh, connected to the discussions now, we've been having over the last couple days around the severe penalties Letitia James wants to put on Trump. Well, they were in court moments ago, just minutes ago this afternoon, and the judge hammered Trump harder maybe than he's ever been hammered. But ago, let's start posted. with getting into how his movement continues getting into trouble. Many forces in the GOP are trying to find a way to make Trump go away. There's reports about pushing DeSantis or another candidate announcing a run against Trump that's coming down the pike, fundraising, intrigue. A congressman told The Atlantic that people will go on stage and put on the red hat and give him a call and say, I can't wait until this guy, quote, dies. That's a Republican Kicks quote. Kicks the bucket. But the RNC is still firmly in Trump-friendly hands. They just reelected his chosen leader for the party, and now they're forming what they call an election integrity team that is basically another place to launder discredited lies for the loser of the last election. There will be officers that monitor elections and aggressive legal strategies, which is striking considering that Trump lost every single case that made a range of claims about being the loser of 2020. The RNC doubling down on him and the big lie, and it's led by this official that we remind you participated in a coup planning call that Trump directly organized. So you can see, right, like that's just that quick little clip there, how the how the RNC, despite the fact that the big lie was an electoral dud, despite the fact that they lost all the key races, basically, they had no red wave. They won the House, but barely they lost ground in the Senate. All of that humiliating. And one of the reasons was they relied on Trump and his big lie candidates. Despite all of that, they're still leaning into it. And despite the fact that lawyers have been disbarred and fined and charged and Trump has been sanctioned and all of that, the GOP is still leaning in. And on the one hand, you're like, well, keep doing it because it makes you look terrible. You're just wasting your time and your money and you're going to turn off moderate voters from voting for you. So yeah, keep on being doofuses. But on the other, this is still doing damage to democracy and the justice system and confidence of regular people and, 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 and their elected officials. When you have one of the parties... Con Trump needs... by the nut bars. Not everybody, I guess, in the party is a nut bar, but when the RNC and Trump and all of them are making the big lie a central platform piece, 
The party is controlled by the nut bars. And you can see the consequences this has. Donald Trump, one of his people, related to some of these cases that he's being sanctioned in and all of that, is coming up with their own court case, showing yet again, guys, that whether you're an expert for Trump or a supporter of Trump or one of the thugs at the Capitol or a Trump lawyer, MAGA applies to you, which is make attorneys get attorneys, or I guess make all MAGAs get attorneys. To DOJ. Just <laughs> vote, declare it corrupt and my GOP allies will do the rest. It's part of the premeditation that if he didn't win an overwhelming victory or even a small victory, they would declare the results fraudulent and dupe them out in the court. That is Tom Fenton's life. That is what he has done. Use the courts to gum up politics. 100%. This guy is quite a character, Nicole. He's actually one of the most prolific tweeters in the country in the whole eight months leading up to the election, propounding the big lie and other disinformation. And as you say, when all the grown-ups scurry and he has to rely on the likes of Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, he is also is fitting in the room. As best I can tell, I don't think this guy is even a lawyer. He's only a conservative activist. And at this point, he was saying all kinds of just declare victory, etc. He also figures centrally in Mar-a-Lago. He's the main guy telling Trump, just uh, say you can um, declassify de anything, etc. And the most intriguing possibility here, raw speculation, but what's been missing to date from the big Trump potential prosecutions are cooperating witnesses. He's someone who potentially could be low enough that he has something to gain, but high enough that he can give good information as to Trump on both, but especially Mar-a-Lago, because he seems to have had conversations with him where the, the, where implicitly, at least, Trump would have been knowing that he's not supposed to keep these documents. So, Donna, and this is so on brand for MAGA World, but he gave his advice on TV. Let me play you the um, advice that Mr. Fitton gave Donald Trump on the documents case. I would take the position, I ain't no lawyer, but we've been fighting federal records uh, cases for 30 years at Judicial Watch, that these are personal records he took them with him as president, as his prerogative is. They're not classified. They're not presidential records. It's all a scam. I think the raid was a fraud, an abuse, and a sham. There was no good faith basis to target Trump here with this outrageous raid. And all those records he has are his records. And they should stop pretending that just because they think they're presidential records and they think it's classified, you know, that's the that's that's the final answer. And it ain't. It's whether or not a president or vice president has the right to take records with him when they leave the White House. And prior to the National Archives and the, and the Biden Justice Department deciding to change uh, precedent, uh, their prior position and ignore the law and harass Trump, that was what uh, presidents could do. No, I mean, obviously what he gets wrong is that the what DOJ took to a court who approved the search was 15 months of obstruction of an effort to return the classified documents that were taken with Trump. So he's as much under investigation for obstructing the effort to regain the documents as he is for having them in the first place. But what do you make of um, his appearance today and, and yeah. what it could possibly oh, signal? Well, I think that Trump may indeed have been the Trump whisperer the silent partner all along, um, both with respect to Mar-a-Lago, but also laying the foundation 
for Trump's um, fake elector scheme, mm. uh, for denying the election, for, you know, sort of holding fast to the idea that he had, had won and was promoting that. And so I think Harry is right that um, Tom Fitton may be at just the right level, that he's not willing to do prison time for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And look, he has a history in Judicial Watch, has a long-founded history of litigating and fighting every single thing. And so it's not a surprise to me that he came out swinging like that, but he may indeed be laying the foundation uh, for Trump and showing that there was an intent um, all along, both on the records, but also on the election scheme. You or a loved one suffering from the effects of high sugar levels? So, try this seven-second method tonight. Millions of men and women just like you are stuck taking dangerous medications because they have been led to believe it's the only solution. Regardless of the fact that... Like, again, guys, like, it's just, it's just another example of how everyone is ruining themselves. And again, it's like the big lie was, was terrible, but if they just would have spread the big lie a few times and then stopped, there wouldn't have been these consequences. Like, I'm, it's sad, and it shouldn't have been that way. Even spreading the big lie a little bit should have ended the political career of anyone who did it because it was corrosive to democracy, corrosive to the justice system corrosive to the beliefs of, a belief of law and order and all of that. But the fact that they've been spreading it hundreds, if not thousands of times for two plus years is the reason why people are going to prison in some cases over these ideas. The reason why they refuse to ever actually acknowledge the system, whether it's the big lie or whether it's Donald Trump, unlike Pence or Biden, not handing over documents that clearly don't belong to him and, and, and people advising him based on that, it leads to these legal problems. And this is where we get, guys, to what just happened today. Because remember, Trump and his kids have been hit with sanctions charges, serious ones, from Letitia James, based on the fact that they've been obstructionist, they've been lying, they've been trying to recycle arguments in court that are time-wasting and that have already been rejected by the current judge and other judges. And some of that went down today where the judge in court basically agreed with Letitia James in how he ripped apart Trump and his lawyers and his team. Basically saying, what Tish James is accusing you guys of, you're stone-cold guilty of doing those things. And it says here, a New York judge rebuked Donald Trump's lawyer for submitting unnecessarily long court filings in their case against New York Attorney General Letitia James. Justice Arthur Enderon asked why attorneys for the 16 defendants in the $250 million lawsuit against the Trump Organization had filed thousands of pages repeating the same defenses over and over, including the argument that the company doesn't legally exist and instead serves as a shorthand for numerous other corporate entities. I don't know how many countless pages. If I was good at math, I would have been an accountant. Were wasted, Enguerrand said. He didn't seem persuaded by the argument that the Trump Organization doesn't exist. In my 35 years of practicing law, I have never ever seen a pleading with such excess verbiage as the 300 page or so answers of the 15 or so uh, answers to the complaint, the judge said. And it says the Trump Organization is registered as a corporation in New York. And this judge is fed up. He's saying you are wasting time. You are being obstructionist. And he says come hell or high water in October, 
this is when the case is going to start and that's going to happen so you know we haven't necessarily seen the uh, application of the penalties yet but this is Enderon, at least in a precursor saying yeah tish james is accusing you of all of these things and uh, at least on my personal analysis so far i'm finding you guilty of that and it's time for you to smarten up they have you know have to do that because donald trump is in big trouble and the judge is already, I think, biased against him in the sense that the judge believes in facts. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't want to make him any angrier. Charge your phone 40% faster with this new four-port charging device. This $37 phone charger is taking the world by storm. The judge basically said that Trump needs to be honest, shut his mouth, stop spitting bad arguments, and get to the point. Exactly what James is saying in proposed sanctions. <laughs> it's going to get nailed. Glad to see the judge is indicating favor with the sanctions. Let's see them applied. The more trouble Trump is in, the happier I am. The faster he gets to prison, the happier I will be. Yes. You and the rest. Yes, you and the rest of the nation, too. Exclamation. Yes, you and the rest. Okay, let's see what other um, awesome stuff about Trump going to fucking jail. Go to uh, Midas Touch. Excerpts of Donald Trump's deposition in the NFL fraud investigation. Yeah, <clears throat> we just um, did that. Chris Collins, Trump stuff. Already covered that. Yeah, Civil War covered that. Oh, live right now. Trump and Megan complete free fall, and it's glorious. Here we go. That's Live. a case that Fitton lost. <laughs> that Trump cites as being helpful to him, which has nothing to do with Donald Trump's theft of uh, documents and top secret sensitive compartmented information. Like the Sox case, Fitton sued the National Archives to force the National Archives to get Clinton to return notes that were being used for Clinton's autobiography. Not top secret records, like records that were personal records. And the National Archives were like, okay, first off, it's 20 years too late. Like, okay, that's like from like 1998, number one. Um, and number two, it's personal records. Number two, three, who the hell are you, Fitton? Okay, you, you have no standing to sue us to then go after Clinton. There's nothing to do with any of you. Know? So that's, that's the Sox case where Donald Trump goes, you see? The court ruled I could steal all of our records and all of our classified records. No. The Sox case, and they called it the Sox case because it was like they were saying, oh, they believe in the autobiography that Clinton kept the notes to his autobiography in his sock drawer. So that's why they call it the Sox case. Mm. But it has nothing to do with Donald Trump stealing records, obstructing justice. 
I'm concealing, destroying, mutilating class. If you just go through Fidden's entire history also, like, he stands on the exact wrong side of every single issue. Like, you name an issue, he's on the exact wrong side, trying to fight against it, trying to spread disinformation. He is really, like, one, he's one of the bad guys. Hell like, bent. this is not a, a, a good faith Hell And I think, you know, they up when we had Reb Zolochran sum it up during the January 6th hearing. She laid out how intricately involved Tom Fidden was with the plot to overthrow our democracy. And so as we see him today get spotted heading in to the grand jury room where Jack Smith and the, the grand jury is set up to investigate Donald Trump's crimes relating to January 6th, I think it's important right now that we actually revisit the January 6th committee when they were speaking about Fidden's role in all of this, because it just shows you just how involved he truly was. Here's the clip. A few days before the election, Mr. Trump also consulted with one of his outside advisors, inside activist Tom Fitton, about the strategy for election night. The select committee got this pre-prepared statement from the National Archives. As you can see, the draft statement, which was sent on October 31st, declares, we had an election today, and I won. And the Fitton memo specifically indicates a plan that only the votes counted by the election day deadline, and there is no election day deadline, would matter. Everyone knew that ballot counting would lawfully continue past election day, claiming that the counting on election uh, night must stop before millions of votes were counted was, as we now know, a key part of President Trump's uh, premeditated uh, plan. On election day, just after 5 p.m., Mr. Fitton indicated he'd spoken with the president about the statement. Sending along again, just talk to him about the draft below. Again, this uh, plan uh, to keep, um, uh, to declare victory was in place before any of the results had been determined. Powerful. Powerful. And the fact that Fitton. What? Huh? Testified before the grand jury. He's linked to all of these other groups. And so a lot of information will come from Fitton. And we haven't really, even in the, other than the January 6th committee talking about Fitton like that, there really seems to be an area that they didn't probe as much as special counsel Jack Smith. And I wonder, you know, is Fitton going to invoke his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination? Is Fitton, some people have, you know, some people have speculated, is Fitton cooperating? has Fitton turned on Trump potentially because Fitton is very much exposed for criminal liability. Um, so ben Fitton is not right. only involved in the January 6th stuff we should, uh, you know, mention and remind people of. He's also heavily involved in the theft and the obstruction 
of the top secret documents. Fitton is the guy who told Trump to blow off the National Archives. He's the guy who told Trump, you don't need to give them back, they're yours. You're the president, they're yours now. You get to keep them. Those are your documents. He was Sox the guy case. who did that. Yeah. I got the socks case for you, man. Yeah, yeah. And he's with the socks case nonsense, which we've uh, said ad nauseum here, what, what that was about. But literally beyond the socks case, he was the guy who told Trump, you don't have to give those back, they're yours. They're your documents. You could do, yeah, you, you declassify them with your mind. They're yours. Like he was the guy who put all this in, in Trump's head. And so he is actually tied to a lot of the criminal investigations into Donald Trump, not just January 6th, but January 6th and the issue over the confidential documents. Yeah, he's a total idiot, too. Like, so when Trump. <laughs> Like when Donald Trump says there is no law on point uh, criminalizing my behavior, and as I would point out in the videos I would do, it's the laws are literally in the search warrant. They're they're right there. Okay, it's Espionage Act, it's obstruction, it's concealment and mutilation. Like those those are actually the laws. It's they're criminal laws. You can't do that. And they carry with it massive criminal sentences. But he's getting that analysis from somebody who's basically pretending to be a lawyer, you know, who, 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 who's, a lawyer. who's intentionally a bad faith actor, um, you know, who's representing that he's judicial watch this or judicial watch that, but who doesn't really have any. And, you know, he's, he's not a real lawyer at the end of the day, you know, when whether he actually said I'm a, he's, he's never said I'm a lawyer. But I think clearly the context within which he speaks about the law, it, it, it gives that uh, appearance. But I want to also talk about this. Um, so that's that's Fitton and Jack Smith. I talked about the emergency hearing that took place in New York State Court before Judge Ngoron, where Donald Trump filed a frivolous answer to the lawsuit against him seeking at least $250 million by Letitia James, where Donald Trump basically claimed, I don't know who runs the Trump organization. I can't admit or deny the allegations. And also just said things that completely contradict statements that Trump's given in sworn deposition testimony before. All the lawyers are so on to Trump now, and it's great, and all the judges are on to him too. So the moment that Trump plays a game, what the lawyers do, whether it's New York Attorney General Letitia James or Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, you run right to the court. Because if you don't, you, they've realized what Trump's tactic is, well, if you were really concerned about my behavior, you would have said something right away. Right. So now they run to the court. We need a hearing because they know Trump's trying to delay the trial date. New York, New York Judge Arthur Ngoron said, I'm not moving the trial date. Twenty three, not moving. Same thing. The E. Jean Carroll trial, April 2023, not moving. Trump's got trial after trial after mm -hmm. trial coming up in civil cases. And then we have all of the criminal investigations that are taking place. And for me, it's really a question of who indicts first, Tony Willis, Alvin Bragg, or Jack Smith. That's why Donald Trump's calling for civil war. Mm -hmm. And the same thing when I talk about the lapel pins, where you may go, all right, he's probably saying some outlandish crap. But you're not actually calling for a violent, like, civil war. Well, he is. And they are wearing lapel pins. So this is what Donald Trump posted. Um, he goes, 
then they will have to figure out how to fight 80 million plus. It's not going to happen again. People my age and old will physically fight for him this time. What we got to lose, I'll donate the rest of my time here on this planet to do it. And I know many, many others who feel the same. They got my six, and we are locked and loaded. That's Trump reposting somebody, some cult member on his social media platform whose name is Free Texas 1776. And Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat, goes, It will likely get little to no attention today that the current frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination just told his supporters to start arming themselves for a civil war to overthrow the government. In the case he loses, just Trump being Trump, so quirky. He's obviously being sarcastic there and both criticizing Trump and large media networks who are not going to cover that and treat it like this is a both sides. Here are the Republicans, the conservatives, and here are the liberals. That's why I always say on the Midas Touch podcast, never, ever call a MAGA Republican or a Republican conservative again. These are not conservative people. How many times I read headlines today about Fitton going in front of the grand jury where they called him a conservative activist. Not a conservative activist. He wants to overthrow the freaking government. He's not a conservative activist. Stop calling these idiots, these right-wing MAGAs, stop calling them conservatives. And then you know the media's excuse, well, we don't want to give him any attention. That's why we're giving him airtime. Okay, BS. You give him attention anyway. Donald Trump's got a new airplane that swooped into New Hampshire. And Trump Force One. Oh, Trump? Yes. Trump, yes. Trump Force One. You do cover him, and you cover him in ways that are favorable. So, You're a into New Hampshire. Trump Force One. So, Trump? Yes. Trump, yes. Trump Force One. You do cover him, and you cover him in ways that are favorable. So, you need to cover this. We cannot cover our eyes and close our ears to the fact that the Republican Party today is now a MAGA Republican Party that is a fascist party and it is led by a deranged, sadistic cult leader who is reposting commands for civil war. Like, could you imagine? And it's all in plain sight. Right. Like you don't need sleuthing and finding this, you know, email that was said. He's posting it. He's telling you. And then they're actually doing it. And so when this crazy person, this MAGA terrorist is writing in here, um, it's not going to happen again. People my age will physically fight for him this time. They physically fought for him last time. What do you think when they say trial by combat? What they mean, and when people they killed police officers in front of the Capitol and attacked the Capitol building violently, they did attack violently. Then you add that, and then you see the lapel pins of the AR-15s. It all is together. It's all connected. What these people are, traitors. Problem, I was going to say, and the problem is, is you would hope that there would be some quote moderate voices out there who will stand up to this guy. And they do when it's politically expedient. 
and you go, oh, maybe this is one of the normal ones, right? Maybe, maybe he's this, this is one of the old school Republicans. This is one of the good guys out there. And then election time comes up. And when they start having to be asked the question, will you support Donald Trump in 2024? You've said horrible things about him. You've said he's against everything America stands for. You, you've criticized him for wanting to terminate the Constitution. You were a fierce critic of his for January 6th. Would you support the guy? You said he's anti-American. Would you support the guy? Then you have people like even Larry Hogan. How did that happen? What the hell was that? Mer- former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. They ask him, will you support Trump if he's the nominee? And at first he equivocates and you go, you know, well, there's a lot of good candidates out there. And I think we should choose the best candidates and we shouldn't choose losing candidates. And then they try to, well, will you support Trump if he's the nominee? Well, you know what? There are a lot of bad candidates out there, a lot of good candidates. We should go with, we shouldn't go with loser. Will you, would you support Trump? Yes, I would support whoever the Republican nominee is. You would support this guy? After all that happened, after all that you said in the past, you would support this guy. And then you have the people walking it back like that guy, uh, Governor uh, Sununu in New Hampshire. You see that he today also said uh, he was joking. He was joking when he said Trump was effing crazy. Didn't seem like a joke at the time when he said it. But oh, it was just a joke. Just joking. Just, just that guy, that rascal, that the rascal, the rapscallion Donald Trump. Why would you want to be pathetic? part of a political party? Where that, like, you, you know, there are choices, right? Like, you, you don't have to do it, okay? You don't have to become a freaking traitor against the United States, you know, because they're running, you know, Hogan wants to run for president, so Nunu's going to be running. Um, and as part of that, they're, they think in their own delusional mind that they've got a shot in the primary. And that if they say that they're not going to be supportive of the Republican nominee, even if it's Trump, that they're not going to win. And it goes back to you're going to win in what? Turning America into a Russian satellite country like you you want to win in and make our country like the most, you know, fascist, ridiculous like laughing stock of the world like like that that's that's what you even want to win you know rap, and again I, I always talk about that alexander haig quote because i think it's so important general haig who was secretary of state the youngest four-star general in american history at that point it's all about what a leader is on the democratic side and again i disagree with democrats on a lot of things but when you're a leader you gotta stand up for things. You can't just go with wherever the wind is taking you, you know, and, and just give in to populism. Like what I one of the things I really like about President Biden is he makes hard decisions sometimes. You know, and again, decisions that are potentially unpopular at the time, but ultimately are helpful to the country. And then on the other hand, you got MAGA Republicans, you know, okay, Fox is making up the conspiracy, everybody. We're all right, the new conspiracy, everybody. The green M&M's a lesbian. Lesbian green M&M. Purple M&M's obese, everybody. You know, and then they're like, and they like implement a policy, you know, to like ban the green M&M. And then they're all, we need to ban M&M's. M&M's are too woke. You know, today the one like, you know, and they're like stupid today. Like today it was like 
everybody, Sims 4 is too woke. Like, Sims 4 is a game from, like, 2014. Like, they just discovered The Sims, like, exists. Sims 4 is, is, is too woke, everybody. And, of course, gas stoves, right? Like, like gas stoves is, 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 you know, is the big MAGA Republican, the Democrats. Like, MAGA Republicans who legitimately want to take away your social security legitimately want to take away medicare from you legitimately want to raise your prescription drug prices like like they want to kill you okay they're they're wearing ar-15 freaking pins okay they're arresting women they're criminalizing women. That's what House Republicans are focusing on issues. It's all gaslighting. This is a, tw- a tweet that they put up today. After all this, after everything that we spoke about, after everything they prioritized, the GOP tweets out. And I had to see this from my personal account because they actually block Midas Touch. The GOP blocks <laughs> Midas Touch, which I think is something we need to speak about more. Uh, the GOP wrote, House Republicans are focusing on issues that matter. The audacity. The freaking audacity, people. And then they try to go on their little mandatories and they try to use these made-up issues for, to score political points instead of dealing with the real problems that exist for people. They go out there and they try to spike the football with the dumbest policies on the planet that don't even resemble anything related to conservatism whatsoever don't help people in any way, shape, or form. Here, speaking of these MAGA lunatics in the mix of all things, you have Ron DeSantis going out touting him. He said that he was joking about this a few weeks ago, and he said it as an aside with sort of a laugh. Well, he wasn't joking now that he's proposing his budget, and he is saying, in my budget, guess what? We're not going to tax gas stoves. If you're electric stoves, you're going to have to pay the tax. But if you get a gas stove, tax-free. This is like a real per- this is, like this is a real thing. This isn't an SNL skit. And then we just added, because I think it needs to be done, uh, no tax permanently on gas. Fuck him. Fuck him. Stoves. They want your gas stove, and we're not going to let that. Stupid ass little Nazi. Danger, Nazi. Nazi danger. Don't you guys know a Nazi when you see one? Okay, can I go live? I have an idea. I have a great idea. Okay, I'm switching to music by the Trista. Manage my business. Let's see if I can go live. <clears throat> Hi there. Let's see. Invite guests to your.
Privacy, public, turn this live into a real schedule. You're not post to profile, yes. Turn this live into a real. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> Video's not ready. Post, post profile? No, never deletes. Never deletes. Post profile. Whoa! Holy shit! What's going on? There's no audio. Has ended. Maybe it is the poster profile. Never deletes. Well, been thinking about you for Rain Stern, exclamation point, Radiohead, hashtag music by the Trista.
Nobody. Every single day, and they are exposing themselves with all their action, and they are showing how they are not prioritizing anything that they said they would prioritize when they ran, which we all knew. They're running straight to all the culture war issues, all the distractions. They are unable to govern, and you're just watching this day in and day out, and it is like beyond the movie Idiocracy. It is it is beyond anything you could even dream up. I mean, these people are, are truly, this is lunacy that we are witnessing, but to see the Dems actually step up and have some fight in them and punch back, I was like, there we go. That's the Midas touch in you. That's what the I want to see. I want to see some fight in you. I want to see that pushback. Expose these traitors. And that's exactly what we got to see all day today. And it was a breath of fresh air for sure. Let's get, you know what? I want to get into that. I'll plug the Ben stuff later. Okay. Ben can wait before plugging his stuff. But to your point, Brett, everything the Republican... on the Ben stuff. Ben's a big I like tease that. today. I like that. Button to the end of the show. <laughs> big tease, Ben. Every... <laughs> Sartorial Jordy. Everything that, <laughs> everything that they've done this week is like just the most performative idiocracy. Like, again, they teased us with like, Going at, like making up conspiracies about eighty-seven thousand IRS agents and gas stoves, but this week it went into like full gear, and they would like introduce. Okay, our big thing: we're doing a non-binding resolution 
We need to condemn socialism in all of its forms. Goes, wait a minute. Didn't you take a PPP loan? So if you're going to condemn condemn socialism in all of its forms, like you're aware that there is, you know, what Medicare is, right? You're you're aware when you took a PPP loan that came from the government. And also, this is the stupidest thing in the world. And so I love this. This is one of the greatest things. So you know how all the House Republicans ran away from subpoenas in the last Congress? Maxine Waters, the Democratic Congresswoman from California, she's like, put me in, coach. I'm in. I want to. I want to <laughs> testify before this stupid committee for real. She's like, I yes, want to testify yes. before this dumb committee. Put me in. I want to sit down. And this is the, the the House Rules Committee where they wanted to introduce the non-binding resolution to condemn socialism in all of its forms. And she's like, "Look, I'm a capitalist." This is what she said. She goes, "I'm a capitalist. I don't know what this stupid thing that you're doing is." And then the person questioning her, the MAGA Republican, was like, "I want to give you three names." And what comes to mind, the MAGA congressman, Rashenthaler, um, who was leading the conversation, it was like, I'm going to give you these three names. What do they have in common? Vladimir Putin, President Xi, Kim Jong-un. Just watch how Maxine Waters handles this. Play this clip. And the fact that this isn't passing on suspension just says everything about my friends across the aisle, that you can't condemn socialism. I mean, in your opening remarks, you were talking about Putin, Kim Jong-un, and, and Xi. You know what they all have in common, right? Trump. Trump? <laughs> North, North Korea, China, and Russia? He loves Kim Jong-un. That, that's quite the intellectual leap. I would say communism. Uh, would you like to Is denounce it? any communist leaders? Well, I don't know what you're asking, but let me just... The leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, has made often glowing, described authoritarians like Kim Jong-un, who is condemned in the resolution regarding North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, Trump, uh, said Kim wrote me beautiful letters, and they're great letters, and we fell in love. You sure you want to hear the rest of it? <laughs> Unbelievable! You sure you want me to keep going? You sure you want? Dude, have to keep we, going? Brett? Have we posted my my Maxine Waters hit yet? Or are we going to post that soon? <laughs> I think right, it's going it, up soon. But, yeah, okay, stay tuned are, for that. Because I, I I go over, I play the full seven minutes of her just brutally taking down the MAGA Republicans. That was just a taste of it. And then she goes like, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. What, what, what do you even talk? What do you want me to do here? You, you, want, you want me to condemn socialism in all its forms? And he would go and he would just basically say names. He'd be like, Pol Pot. And she'd be like, oh, you're okay, you're just saying a name? And none of these people are socialists <laughs> that she even mentioned. Like, they're not even, and, and like, it, it also shows you how deep uh, these people are in their own kind of gaslighting and their own magaverse, as Jordy likes right. to call it, that you could say, what do these three names remind you of? Donald, I mean, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un. It's like, are you going to keep going? Victor Orban, like, are you going to keep going with the names that all tie to Trump? Because anybody who does any rational thought, like, while it was an incredible clapback for Maxine Waters, to me, it was like the only answer, you know? It was like, of course, that's the answer. What did this idiot expect her to say? And he got what he deserved, just, you know, embarrassed in public. And this keeps happening. 
when when they give you those questions on like you know a multiple choice exam, like the first thing I would go is Trump. I, I mean, it, it was a great clapback, but I would go, well, he does. Trump says he loves these people, like in the weirdest terms, and that's your leader of the Republican Party. I love Kim Jong Un. I fell in love with him. I, I mean, it's some of the weirdest shit. I want to kiss Kim Jong Un. Like that is the leader of the Republican Even Party. Even he knew that he like got because even he started laughing after he asked the question. He was like, oh, well, that's quite the intellectual leap. Is it, though? Because it seems like a pretty obvious connection to make. The way Representative Waters delivered it, too, it was just so earnest. Like, she she didn't even think. Like, it, it just came out. It's Trump. Like, is, that, is this what you want me to say? Trump. It's Trump. So and it was just good. so honest. It was so perfectly delivered. And then she had the receipts ready to go. It was awesome. Well, go, go from the House Rules Committee to the Judiciary Committee, where they're big performative resolution is that they wanted to have the House MAGA leaders of the Judiciary Committee read the Pledge of Allegiance before uh, they start their committee. And the Democrats are like, okay, like, what, what, why are you, can we talk about like the business of, yes, you, you could do the, the Pledge of Allegiance, but uh, Congress member David Cicilline, the Democrats said, but, 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 can I add one amendment? If you participate in insurrections, you're not allowed to read the Pledge of Allegiance. This is what I mean. This is Democrats fighting back. And these are the moments that are out there to these idiot, traitor, MAGA Republicans. Here, play this clip. My amendment uh, gives uh, the committee the opportunity to begin each of its meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, uh, adding in the second paragraph, where the chair may designate an individual to lead the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if, in fact, an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to lead the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to supporting it. Would the gentleman yield? I first ask question. Mr. Gates if he'll support the amendment. To make sure that someone who led an insurrection against the United States doesn't make a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance and stand before this committee with their hand over their heart claiming to support the Constitution. M Mr. Cicilline, I, 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 my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats on the committee that wouldn't be eligible to lead the pledge since so many that, That's objected. not my definition I of mean, an the, insurrection. I mean, the last Republican president I'll to get concede, sworn in absent I'll Democrat objectors Mr. was George Herbert Mr. Walker Mr. Bush. Claiming my time escapes, I will allow the chairman to determine whether or not someone has participated in an insurrection in the United States. I think this language is important. Would the gentleman further yeah, yield? I'm asking Mr. Gates, will you now accept the amendment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Sisson. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then agree to the amendment. I'm concerned about with, that. With let's, the, let's make this real. If you will the, want to give someone the right to stand before right the House now. Judiciary Committee and lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a bare minimum, him. Let's yeah, guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. With the gentleman yield. Like a simple proposition. <laughs>
Seems like a simple proposition. Right. Let's go. You saw Gates. He's like, yeah, I'm a dumb idiot, basically. That was Gates' face. Like, yeah, I'm a freaking idiot. You know, but that's what Demo- – you know, that's why I like this. You know, yeah. this is what – when people are saying Democrats need to message better, Democrats need to fight back. Welcome to the era of Hakeem Jeffries. Welcome to adults in the room who are calling traitors traitors, calling fascists fascists. I love that. And Gates had no clue what to do. And then Gates like, well, I'm actually concerned, you know, the both sides and that they try yeah. to do on, on, on their networks. And Cicely's like, I'm not worried about that. You come up with the definition of an insurrection and <laughs> throw it right back in their stupid faces. Yeah, they have nothing to say when they're confronted with the truth and when you just hammer on on it and you don't let them get away with, oh, but the the Democrats didn't lead an insurrection against the United States of America, okay? It's that simple. We all saw what happened on January 6th. We all know who participated in it. We all saw the January 6th hearings. We all know who asked for pardons, Matt Gates. We all know exactly what happened. So for you to try to gaslight and try to, oh, just protecting Mm -hmm. the Democrats, that will get thrown back in your face every single time now that we have fighters there who are ready to engage on these BS issues. I just cannot believe the time and the money that these Republicans are wasting day in and day out. They go there like this is their job, people. Like, think about your day. Think about how hard you work at your jobs to try to be productive. Now think that Mm -hmm. this is the House of Representatives. They go in here. They are getting our money. They are getting paid with our money and they are leading the dumbest fights in the world. It should also be mentioned that the Pledge of Allegiance is read every day in the House of Representatives in the first place. They just want to like say it a bunch of times. They they, want to say it again and again and again and again. again. Let's say it before this committee and before that committee because they don't have real patriotism. It's all performative BS. And once you peel back the performative BS, you see a crew that is fundamentally anti-American a crew that is trying to strip away free speech rights, who attacks the First Amendment. We even now attacks the free market at all times. They claim to be free market capitalists. They're the first people to try to attack companies for making their own private decisions. This party is a fundamentally un-American party and often mirrors, unsurprisingly, the exact things that they try to attack. Like, who was more close to like a communist party? I would say the Republicans sure. in their efforts to try to control every aspect of private industry if they upset them. I mean, you see it. Everybody is seeing it right now. Finally, finally, finally. Right. It's like what you say all the time. Every accusation is, is a confession. And, and that's when they project onto the Democrats. Oh, communists, this, com- they're, they're communists. Like these, this Republican Party doesn't know what to do. We are literally watching the dumbest majority in congressional history i I, i'd want to say and they are going up against they they are going up against the smartest most savvy democrats for this time the democrats have learned what didn't work going and and i might get in trouble for this but going with that sort of high morality stance that we did back in 2016 2017 era we've learned democrats have learned like hey we could still take the high road and still maintain our integrity and morals by calling out this Republican BS. As they try and cloak themselves in the flag, these Republicans, they're using it as a shield because, to your point, Brett, they're trying to take away all of the rights that Americans want. And they're I, trying to pretend they're patriots, but they're the least patriotic people in the world. Brett, I know I'll let you jump in, but Jordy, your sartorial acumen there is such <laughs> that no one is going to get angry with you at all, Brett. No, I was going to say it's an absolutely brilliant point, Jordy, and I think that 
that's the distinction I think that is often missed when people go back and reference, for example, Michelle Obama saying, when they go low, we go high. Right. Now, going high doesn't mean letting them get away with everything, which I think for far too long, people on our side have interpreted that, oh, let it just brush right off. You let them attack you. Just be smile and be nice. That's not what going high is. Mm-hmm. It's not going low to hit back at people with the truth. I mean, you could do it in a way that's above board. You could do it in a way that's biting. And that's what we are witnessing. There's nothing low ball. There's no below the belt hits that we just witnessed. That's just all facts. That's just calling out the truth. And by the way, staying high, in my opinion, that is the definition of it. You need to be able to punch back. And finally, we have people punching back. So we went from the House Rules Committee. We went to the House Judiciary Committee. Now let's go to the House Oversight Committee, where the MAGA Republicans appointed conspiracy theorist, QAnon follower, school shooting survivor, stalker. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is on the House Oversight Committee, and um, she was questioning a witness um, (laughs) regarding the use of COVID stimulus funds. And she confused the witness a little bit because, again, they live in their cat turd MAGA echo chamber. So just watch this exchange of uh, Marjorie Taylor, MAGA Republican Fox weirdo world, asking a normal individual a question. And then you look at the guy's face who she's asking a question. <laughs> it just, he goes, what? What did you say? What are you talking about? Play this. <laughs> yeah, what, no, I just want to say play, when play, you watch play. this clip, look at the witness, look at the guy who she's speaking to, and just look at how absolutely confused that he is with this all guy. He's like, "What the heck are you talking about?" Here, here's Bedaro, can you tell me uh, how much how much COVID cash went to CRT? CRT. Critical race theory in education. It's it's a racist right. uh, uh, curriculum used to teach children uh, that somehow their white skin is not equal to black skin and other things in education. Yeah, for none of this has been true. I do not know that, but I I do know that there's provisions that the uh, federal funds generally are not used, they're supposed to be used for curriculum. Oh, Oh, Mr. Dodaro, I have to tell you, in Illinois, they they received $5.1 billion um, at at an elementary school there that that used it for equity and diversity. Um, so it's it's being used for these things, uh, Mr. Didero. Can you? T- oh, Mr. Mr. Didero, let, let, uh, she thought she had this Perry Mason moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me tell you, there's this one school in Illinois, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Didero. That one school, it got five point one billion dollars for <laughs> equity and diversity teaching. She should just start making up numbers. You know that one <laughs> elementary school, it got sixty zillion, bajillion, trillion, quadrillion dollars. Did you know that? Just imagine just one of, skill, uh, one school. Just think about it. Just think about it. No, no. One school got $5.1 billion for the purpose, not for even teaching like history. <laughs> no. For teaching equity and diversity. And then when you actually go in and, and, you're, and you're like, what the hell is she even talking about? Like, what, what, where is she even getting this? Like, there's like something that says that like the state of Illinois is committed state. to, is, is like the entire state is committed to like treating people with equality and that the entire state received $5 billion in COVID relief. 
which also went to education as part of it. It had nothing well, it to, to improving do with air quality, cleaning classrooms, hiring new teachers, improving the schools. Like it went to everything in the school. It, it had nothing to do with fun. It had nothing to do with anything that she she just found some word that the state supports equality, that the state was giving some money to schools and then said CRT, which, by the way, in the Fox propaganda disinformation world, in the MAGA echo chamber world, that's how they tell their stories. Look, the thumb drive was in this and they beamed algorithms from CIA bunkers in Italy and it beamed to Hugo Chavez in, in Venezuela and then Dominion did this and, you know, and, and that's reported in MAGA <laughs> echo chamber world as news. But when MAGA echo chamber world is confronted with reality, you have these moments, but for far too long, Democrats pro-democracy have just let right. MAGA extremists get away with it. And so you had like one team cheating, you know, to score touchdowns. And then the other team wasn't even playing football, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, one team's cheating and scoring. One team's not even being, not even playing in the referee being, you know, yet alone having a referee on the field. So they just got away with these narratives over and over again. And look, you do a study of history, you could poison the minds with propaganda, there's a reason that it's effective. And what I love to see, we, we don't have the clip here, but we were talking about it. You know, even like Adrian Fontes, who's a big fan of and a big friend of the Midas mm. Touch Network, seeing Adrian Fontes on MSNBC and saying that these election deniers are fascists. A secretary of state, a Democrat secretary of state, saying, no, these are fascists. Just seeing that language being used in that way is something that I love. And then finally, you know, we go from the House oversight. Well, let, let, let me just say, while we're still on oversight, that this whole oversight scam that they are pulling right now is also another way for them to deflect from their own criminality. They are trying to act like Democrats never once probed COVID fraud, COVID spending fraud, which much of which occurred under the Trump administration. But this was actually a high priority for House Democrats. I mean, the PPP program was an essential program that helped a lot of people. Let me start there. I think it was very important to get money out to struggling businesses who needed it. But there were plenty of businesses and plenty of people associated directly with Trump and Republicans who have a lot of power, Republican politicians, who took advantage of the PPP program, got their loans forgiven because that's what the program did, and essentially were written blank checks by the government in the sums of hundreds of thousands, and in some cases, millions of dollars. And these Republicans are like the main people who took these large sums of money in a criminal way when they didn't need it. Like what businesses were they taking the money for? A lot of people have no idea what businesses they were taking the money for. You could go down the list of the Republicans taking the PPP money. Matt Gates got $476,000. Because they Taylor have Green, a job. They're supposed Marjorie to be members Ta of Congress. <laughs> yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene got over $180,000. She's the one on this committee. And it goes down the list. You see Kevin Hearn. Remember Kevin Hearn? He was the guy who... Uh, when, during the 15 rounds of Kevin McCarthy voting that they went, I'm voting for Kevin Hearn. Kevin Hearn took $1.07 million from the PPP program. Roger Williams from Texas took $1.43 million from the PPP program. And the list goes on. And House Democrats did this investigation. They did it. 
They did it in 2020. They did it through 2021. And what did they find? They found evidence the Trump administration mismanaged the whole PPP program, mismanaged the economic industry disaster loan program, led to nearly $84 billion in potentially fraudulent loans. And what happened? The second Biden stepped in, he started putting roadblocks in place to prevent the corruption. They started putting up boards that would monitor these programs and make sure that there was no fraud. That didn't exist before. And so I think that's an important thing. And now these Republicans have the nerve to come in and say, oh, we're going to be the ones to investigate this. You were the ones committing the crimes. That's why you want to investigate it, because you want to protect yourself once again, and you want to try to deflect on all the things that you did. As always, they use all these committees as weapons. Ironically, they created the House Weaponization Committee, but they use government as weapons to target their political enemies and to try to muddy the waters and spread conspiracy theories. And it's no different what they're doing here. They just want that Fox News hit. They they, they want the attention and they get it. They, they, they get it out of this. But at least some of the attention is in the form of humiliation, like what we just witnessed with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think a lot. I think a lot of the attention is actually, to your point, Brett. There, there Brett, uh, negative attention and humiliation that they actually didn't foresee. If I could, if I can make the analogy here, these congressional Republicans are like uh, wannabe class clowns. You know, the kid that you had in your class that thought he was hilarious and wanted to just to say stuff, just to like get a rouse out of out of I don't know the other students, but like nobody liked them and everyone thought he was like just crazy annoying. That's it's, it's that's oddly that, specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of Sarah, <laughs> one person. Anyway, that's who these congressional Republicans. That's who they are. They're just like the American people are watching this. Just like, will you guys shut up? Like, what are you doing? You are embarrassing yourselves. It is humiliating to watch how stupid you really are. How about MAGA Republican Dusty Johnson, uh, who was interviewed about? Uh, okay, well, what's the Republican plan? What's the MAGA Republican plan about uh, raising the debt ceiling? Um, so, what wh- what do you want to cut? Like, what what is your position in the negotiation? I know you say that you want Biden to negotiate with you, but like, okay, what wh- what do you want him to ne- what do you want him to negotiate? So, uh, Republicans, can you give one example? Just just state an example of a single program where you believe there should be a cut. You know, j- just to be very clear, Name one. raising the debt ceiling is not about new spending. It's about paying the bills that, frankly, of, of, of other Congresses and other administrations, where 25-plus percent of all of the debt, by the way, that's been created was by Donald Trump. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans in control of the House created more debt in the United States than at any time in our history. And so we have to pay the bills that Donald Trump and the Republicans uh, ran up. We can have a conversation about spending in a different part of the appropriations process, but raising the debt ceiling is about not defaulting on debt, which is a constitutional responsibility of Congress and the full faith and credit in the United States and United States currency and the United States markets is so vital. So this is what the MAGA Republicans said. Just name me one thing. Just give me an example of something you want to cut. Here, play this clip. So so first on the the budget demands of of your party here, what specific programs are you putting on the table to cut? 
well, that's not how a negotiation works. And in fact, uh, the law says that the president needs to step forward with a budget first. His team is going to miss their February deadline. They say they're not even going to get that done until March. So here's what I think is step one. Today, we need to have the president and the speaker in the same room. That's going to happen. And we need to have uh, President Biden agree that he will negotiate over the reckless spending that our country has been engaged in. But as you know, uh, the debt ceiling relates to budgets already passed by Congresses, uh, including with Republican votes. What are the positions? Because a negotiation, as you know, involves, if you want to call it that, involves two sides uh, presenting their positions. Can you name a single uh, program that Republicans would be willing to cut money from to make a deal? But, see, I think that's ridiculously unfair, and here's why. The credit card bill comes to why? our family. We have maxed out our credit cards. Now, of course, listen, we're going to pay that credit card bill. We're legally obligated to do so. But rather than force all of the onus on the Republicans, which I know y'all love to do, what a responsible, reasonable, and sensible family would do is yeah, sit down uh, together uh, and start to talk through how do we stop I'm not putting all the onus spending. on Republicans. That's the law. The, the law puts the onus uh, on Congress and the nation to pay its bill. But, but please go ahead. Is there a program that you can name that you personally would be willing to see money cut from? Well, yeah, there are lots of programs. But, that, but the point is, I'm not going to negotiate against the Republican Party on CNN. <laughs> well, there are lots of programs, plenty of programs, so many programs. Name one. Oh, you know, programs. Name name one. Oh, well, that's an unfair question to ask. Why? <laughs> name, name, give one program. Because that's they not don't the way a negotiation works. What does that even mean? <laughs> one party comes to the negotiation without information. Biden has his plan. Biden has his priorities. And under Biden, the debt has decreased. The deficit has decreased. He's been far more fiscally conservative than any of these MAGA Republicans. So there's a proven track record of cutting the deficit by trillions under Biden. Donald Trump increased the deficit close to $9 billion. So uh, Biden, $2 billion decrease in deficit. Trump, about $9 billion increase in deficit because he can't pay for his billionaire cash grabs that he gives. So Biden has a plan. Biden talks about his plan. We know where Biden's priorities are. So no, name one program. And then Kevin McCarthy had this meeting with uh, Jordy. Hold on one second. I have three points to make on that. One, it was an excellent job by the interviewer. CNN did a good job yes. on that one. That, that interview did a great job not letting him Russ off has the been stepping trying, it up a little bit just, lately. Just trying to say. pin him. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to pin him down on that. So that was a great job. Two, I've never seen someone look more like a Dusty Johnson than Dusty Johnson. Three, Dusty Johnson is the world's worst name. I swear. Yeah, Dusty Johnson's pretty bad. On the in the Hall of Fame of rough names, it probably ranks pretty high up there. It's probably it's, a, it's at least top three. Yeah, it's 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 a rough one. I mean, Dusty Magic Johnson. Magic. Okay, we got to give him a little bit of a pass. I mean, he grew up in being named Dusty Johnson. But uh, <laughs> let, let, but let's move on from that. But I mean, no, Trump added nearly just to like correct the numbers a little bit. He added nearly eight trillion dollars to the deficit. Trillion, not billion. Eight trillion dollars. Oh, I said did I said billion? Yeah, you said billion. Oh uh, no, I meant trillion. I clearly meant trillion. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, huh, it's a billion. That doesn't sound like a lot at all. Uh, $8 trillion to the deficit. So that is an important thing. Also, this credit card analogy is like, uh, they love this analogy. They love analogies that sound simple and like, like sound smart. And if you, under any scrutiny, they fall apart. If you want to so even go with that your analogy. Family, you know, like when your family's there together and you're eating macaroni and cheese and you know, like, 
You know, when your significant other takes the Velveeta and she puts it on the macaroni and you're like, hun, what's what's up? Why are you putting too much Velveeta on the macaroni? So Biden has to negotiate with us. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I mean, it's really, do you pay your credit card bill when it's time to pay your credit card bill? Yes or no? You got to You got to pay it. You got to pay the bill. And Republicans don't want to pay the bill, even though 90 percent of the spending, 90 percent of the debt has been racked up from previous administrations and previous Congresses. They want to pin this on Biden. 25 percent plus of the debt under Donald Trump in his four years. So don't even try to pretend you are fiscal hawks or fiscal conservatives. You Such ran up point. trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of deficits, and you did it for the worst reasons. You did it to give rich people tax cuts like every yes. single time. That's what you did it for. It wasn't even the pandemic that started it. You did it to give your rich friends tax cuts, and you blew a giant hole in the debt, giant, you you ran up incredible deficits, and now you're trying to act like you are holier than now. But we see right through it. We see right through it. It's like when you go to the movie theater and you're getting some popcorn, and they ask you, do you want butter? And you're like, hey, I gotta, I don't, I, I want butter, but not too much butter, yet they keep on putting butter on the popcorn, and so you're Here's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have way too many calories with that. And, and by the way, do you have any salt? So in other words, what I'm trying to tell you in this negotiation is, Okay, Dusty, can you just please answer the question, Dusty? What, <laughs> name me one program, Dusty. Do you think Dusty uh, Johnson is friends with David Pecker? Oh, oh, yeah. I, 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 I see where I see where you're going there, and I thought of taking the conversation there. I went with the lighter humor, and Brett went right there, trying to <laughs> trying to give trying to make this podcast an explicit. I, and so I Kevin McCarthy met with President Biden. Um, and, and you know, like McCarthy with that fake voice of his, you know, what is that voice? It's bizarre. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do we have the video of, of McCarthy though, Brett? Let's... Yeah, okay. So let me just set the context for a second. This is McCarthy after his meeting with Biden. They discussed the debt ceiling. There are going to be more discussions apparently. And this is him saying like what happened in the meeting and what the status is. If you could tell me, just try to help me translate what he says here, because he says a lot of words. And I legit, like, legit, I'm not just saying this. I legit have no idea what the guy is talking about. Here's Kevin McCarthy. I believe in hearing both perspectives, like anything else, be it business, be it in family, be it in relationships, that you can find common ground. There's nothing in there but me walking away that does not believe at the end of the day we can come to an agreement that makes America stronger, puts us on a path to balance, and exactly what the American people are asking us to do. It's our responsibility. There's a lot of words. I want to put us on a path to power. I want to make America stronger. There's nothing that we can't accomplish if we're together in a relationship together and we need to work together in a relationship and we're going to come together again. It's like, okay, you are the worst speaker of the house. You you are the worst politician. And now can I plug my show in Kevin McCarthy's district? Can I finally do it? Or do you want to do a little bit more in McCarthy? Should I tease yeah, it slightly I'll, more? Tease it slightly. It's coming up. No, so I just, want to, I just want to parse the words. There's nothing in there. This is a Kevin McCarthy quote. There's nothing in there but me walking away that does not believe at the end of the day we can come to an agreement. I, 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 I don't. It's a lot of double negatives. It's a lot of words that don't mean anything. It's a lot of word salad. 
And I think he's just used to like saying things with no me. It was like it when he was on the show the other day, the weekend shows that we covered on uh, on Monday night's show. And he just said a lot of words, never answered the question. It's kind of the same thing. Just kind of like, yeah, you know, I was in there with the president and, you know, uh, ice cream and uh, TV screens and medicine and cell phones. And that's why America is so strong. And then we need a strong this. And have you heard about mugs and yes, the deficit? And you're like, yeah, those were a lot of words, but I like you didn't say anything. Like you, you, you threw a lot of words together. I have no idea what the hell you are talking about. And, and to ben, put a nice bow on this topic of House Republicans, as we mentioned at the outset, they've now taken off their American lapel pins, took off their pins, threw them away, and they've got new pins now that they wear. And I am not making this up. This is not a photoshopped image. They are now wearing pins depicting AR-15s where the American lapel pin once was. There you see Santos wearing one. There you see Congresswoman Anna Luna. And I just profiled both of them because I didn't like both of them use like multiple aliases. Like I've never seen people in a, you know, all these MAGA Republicans also have different names and different identities. And they call themselves like different things at different times. So, which is a whole nother, do a whole nother podcast on that. But got, I know there was a lot of speculation. Like, have we gotten to the bottom of like, who the hell was handing these pins out? Why are they wearing them? It's really like, it's something that you would almost see on like a, a meme about Republicans to, yeah. to show how craven and disgusting and, and just how just sick they are. And here they are actually doing that. Like you said, Ben, like you would think, oh, that's Photoshop. Like that's photo. Like, yeah. have you seen the photoshops of like the politicians where they have like the uh, like NASCAR and they have like the brand, like the brands all over their suits and the companies all over their suits. And they're like, this is how they should walk around to show where the special interests are. Like this looks like a version of that to show like, look, they're in the pocket of the NRA and there are all these school shootings going on. There are all these mass shootings all across the country. And look who is partially to blame for it. The people who refuse to act, the Republicans, and they are proudly just displaying it. For everyone to see. If you yeah, ask you our pro democracy friends overseas to draw in their mind like a political cartoon of what a Republican looks like, they would draw somebody in a suit with an AR-15 lapel. Absolutely. If you sh- if you showed me this in Handmaid's Tale or some dystopian Orwellian style movie, and this was I, I, part of the the script, I would be like, I, I okay, that's too far. Like little, like this actually goes beyond. Handmaid's Tale. When you think about it, right? Like, the like, 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 could you imagine in Handmaid's Tale, like, if they wore AR-15s? Like, I, I could, I, I guess, but like, this is what is happening right now in the House of Representatives. The Republicans have, you know, taken away the flag, and they now wear AR-15 pins. You cannot make this up. My, I tweeted it out. My tweet has over right now at the time of viewing been viewed over 3.6 million times wow the tweet and 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 the reason that i say you know it's not photoshopped is because people think i photoshopped it (laughs) they think and i go i prompt is not photoshopped this is actually what the house republicans are doing all right so wait wait one more point before before we get to it one last tease so this is speculation but what i've done in some just desktop research is uh the genesis of the pin 
is actually given to them by the NRA. Again, just speculation. I need to confirm this, mm. but apparently it's an NRA given pin for, for, for monetary gain. You know what, Jordy, while your sartorial sense is <laughs> extraordinary, the idea of doing desktop research and right. spitting facts live without really I, I think people like to know where my mind's at. Okay. Jordy, Jordy did a quick Google search while we were live, and uh, that's the first. The first Google result is is uh, saying that. All right, so let's. We talked about Kevin McCarthy on Friday, on February third, on Hulu. I will be executive producing a show. We we've got a show on Hulu, everybody, that I executive produced with Woo! the team at ABC and Hulu. It's called Killing County, folks. I want you all to watch it on Friday when it finally will be on Hulu. And it's a true crime thriller. And it is based in Kevin McCarthy's district <laughs> in Bakersfield. It's called Killing County. The highest crime rates in the country, the highest murder rates in the country, the most police shooting deaths in the country. Where is it? It's in a Republican district. And frankly, when you start to unpeel or unravel the narratives that are out there, we've talked about this before on the podcast, like the states, the 10 or 15 states that we did. Oh, yeah, by the way. There is our billboard, Colin Kaepernick's Killing County on Hulu. And we did the billboard. We put the billboard <laughs> right next to the Welcome to Bakersfield sign. So when you're heading into Bakersfield, right behind it, you have the billboard for uh, Killing County. But when you look at the states, the top 10 or 15 states that have the highest homicide rate and the highest crime rate, almost invariably, they are states that are led by Republicans. And in Killing County, as you start peeling back the layers, some of the things that you start to find out is, did the Bakersfield Police Department kill their own informant? Was the Bakersfield Police Department running their informants off the books so that the Bakersfield police officers could sell drugs, methamphetamine and cocaine and other drugs into the community? The police officers were the drug dealers. How is that linked to the shooting of an informant? And all these other shooting deaths start to unravel. And the story is compelling in the first 10 minutes. When you watch this, you're going to be like, what the heck? And look, before I did Midas Touch, before Colin Kaepernick and I became business partners, and before I, you know, doing what I'm doing now, I was a civil rights lawyer and I worked cases in Bakersfield, right off Truxton Avenue is where I would stay in Kern County. These are the families. We, right, right, welcome to Bakersfield. Um, I, I, I lived with, you know, these families. The families are like family to me. The families actually all took a trip to Times Square. There's a big billboard also in Times Square. They got to see um, their loved ones who have since passed due to these police shootings and other conduct. They saw them on the billboard in Times Square. It was a very touching moment. I am so proud to share this with the world. Please let everybody know about the show. Please make sure you watch it. Do me a favor, please. After this show, tweet about it. Go on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use. Tell people about Killing County. It's really one of our first big shows on Hulu. And so I'm so excited to share this with the world. And then I also want to give another blockbuster announcement that earlier this morning, Michael Cohen and I 
announced a new podcast that we're doing together on the Midas Touch Network called Political Beatdown. We did our first live soft opening, if you will, earlier <laughs> this morning. Michael Cohen, Ben Micellis, <laughs> breaking down different uh, critical issues. That's also going to be on a podcast as well. So you can search for Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen. Give it like 24 to 48 hours, it'll be there. Don't you worry. The first one takes a little time to load. So once we load it, it'll be up the very first time you load an episode. Cohen and I couldn't wait. We wanted to do it right away. And then also while you're listening, please check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. We are 100% independent here. We have no outside investors. We have exclusive content you can only get on our Patreon site. But most importantly, it helps grow this independent. None of these insurrectionist tools have the right to be in Congress. In Congress in the first place. Exclamation point. The platform, probably not the greatest business model that we have, not taking outside investors who want to help fund this, but we do not want to have anyone telling us or even suggesting how our content should be. I know that's the way you like it. And I always get asked by you, what can I do to help? Well, if you can, it's a membership. So no worries if you can't, but check us out. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Become a member. And what we're doing once a month now as well, we hold these Zoom sessions where you can meet us. The last one we did, we spent about three hours on it. We answered every single question. We could have a, you know, a a one on 300 conversation, but we are happy, but we answered everyone's questions that raised their hand. And I'm so proud of that. We're going to be doing that again in February, in addition to having a lot of exclusive content. So please join us at patreon.com slash Midas touch. All right. Special counsel, Jack Smith. Is the show, is it midnight tonight? Is it going to be out? Everyone's going to have to check. It's it, um, yeah, so it should be on. It should be on Hulu starting at midnight, starting February third. Um, you'll check it out, um, and and I'd love to know your feedback because, look, in the within the first ten. By the way, I cried during the trailer of it, um, and in the first eight minutes of it, you're gonna be like, what? What happened? What happened there, Brett? I know we got some sponsors as well. You want to go cut to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's we're gonna play. Oh, first off, I want to let I want everybody also to let us know what do you think about the Jordy ad reads? I think Jordy is getting like just so much praise for the ad reads, and I know everybody in the comments is like, we need more Jordy ad reads. Where are the Jordy ad reads? So you know what we like to deliver for the people. So here's just a quick moment from our sponsors of the show. Help us keep it going. Thank you so much to them. And when we get back, we are going to break down the major updates in the special counsel Jack Smith investigation into Donald Trump. This is getting very close to the top, folks. So you're going to want to stick around and we'll be right back after this. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Be smart. Don't start. Kick the habit. Put it out before it puts you out. Offering Hacker.com slash Midas to try quality of mind with code Midas to experience life-changing mental
20 years too late. Like, okay, that's like from like 19. Trump pretends that he's a lawyer. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't actually say he's a lawyer, but like he gives the impression he's the president of a group called Judicial Watch. He wears really tight shirts and he talks about the law as though he's coming from a place of authority, which he has absolutely none. And he just spreads all this MAGA. Did you sign in? Question mark. fascist performative nonsense but he's someone who donald trump gets advice from and by the way not protected by attorney client privilege because he's not he's a not lawyer an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and so but fitton's always like loud his tight shirts and he does the muscle thing he when he was walking into the grand jury today he was like trying to he's like oh no like that's why i said carmen san diego I don't know if we have a photo of what while I'm doing this, Brett, maybe you find a photo of Carmen San Diego so I could see why <laughs> Carmen San Diego was etched in my mind. But Fitton, he's very significant in the insurrection because he wrote emails um, like to Trump's inner circle, to Scavino and others, basically writing the script before the November 2020 election, saying exactly what Donald Trump should say to declare victory even when he loses. And Fitton not only involved, in, and by the way, that's dating back earlier in 2020 when Fitton kind of helped coordinate the strategy of like, just declare victory even if you lose and say that, you know, say that you won. And so what that really goes to, and what we see Jack Smith focused on are the elements of the crime. And here, premeditation, you're gonna hear that word a lot intent that this was a plan from the outset no matter what when you lose you do x y and z and then x y and z was followed there it is carmen sandy ago exactly that's what that's what (laughs) my mind is so silly sometimes that is a sartorial jordy when we're talking about sartorial. Have if you, you say, that? if you say sartorial one more time, I might I might actually leave the show tonight. <laughs> okay, but have you Googled it while I've been on the show? No, but it doesn't matter even what it is at this point. You're saying it with a negative connotation attached to it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just not, anyway, <laughs> sartorial. Um, so, and and one of the things fit in. You know when Trump always talks about uh, the, the the socks case, the the Clinton socks case. That's a case that Fitton lost. That Trump cites as being helpful to him, which has nothing to do with Donald Trump's theft of uh, documents and top secret sensitive compartmented information. Like the Sox case, Fitton sued the National Archives to force the National Archives to get Clinton to return. That was hilarious when Jordy said he was going to leave the show tonight if you say sartorial one more time. Exclamation point, and then you slipped. Exclamation point, LOL, and then you slipped in one more sartorial. One more. One more sartorial. Sartorial. 
Blackburn notes that were being used for Clinton's autobiography. Not top secret records, like records that were personal records. And the National Archives were like, okay, first off, it's 20 years too late. Like, okay, that's like from like 1998, number one. Um, and number two, it's personal records. Number three, who the hell are you, Fitton? Okay, you, you have no standing to sue us to then go after Clinton. There's nothing to do with any of you. know. So that's, that's the Sox case where Donald Trump goes, you see, the court ruled I could steal all of our records and all of our classified records. No, the Sox case, and they call it the Sox case because it was like they were saying, oh, they believe in the autobiography that Clinton <laughs> kept the notes to his autobiography in his sock drawer. So that's why they call it the sock case. Mm. But it has nothing to do with Donald Trump stealing records, obstructing justice, um, concealing, destroying, mutilating classified records. You just records. go through Fitton's entire history also. Like he stands on the exact wrong side of every single issue. Like you name an issue, he's on the exact wrong side, trying to fight against it, trying to spread disinformation. He is really like one, he's one of the bad guys. Like this is not a a a good faith actor out there. And I think, you know, they, they best summed it up when we had Rep Zoe Lofgren sum it up during the January 6th hearing. She laid out how intricately involved Tom Fitton was with the plot to overthrow our democracy. And so as we see him today get spotted heading in to the grand jury room, where Jack Smith and the, the grand jury is set up to investigate Donald Trump's crimes relating to January 6th. I think it's important right now that we actually revisit the January 6th committee when they were speaking about Fitton's role in all of this, because it just shows you just how involved he truly was. Here's the clip. A few days before the election, Mr. Trump also consulted with one of his outside advisors, inside activist Tom Fitton about the strategy for election night. The select committee got this pre-prepared statement from the National Archives. As you can see, the draft statement, which was sent on October 31st, declares, we had an election today and I won. And the Fitton memo specifically indicates a plan that only the votes counted by the election day deadline, and there is no election day deadline, would matter. Everyone knew that ballot counting would lawfully continue past election day, claiming that the counting on election uh, night must stop before millions of votes were counted was, as we now know, a key part of President Trump's uh, premeditated uh, plan. On election day, just after 5 p.m., Mr. Fitton indicated he'd spoken with the president about the statement. Sending along again, just talked to him about the draft below. Again, this uh, plan uh, to keep, um, uh, to declare victory was in place before any of the results had been determined. Powerful. Powerful. And the fact that Fitton testified before the grand jury he's linked to all of these other groups and so a lot of information will come from fitton and we haven't really even in the other than the january 6th committee talking about fitton like that that really seems to be an area that they didn't probe as much as special counsel jack smith and i wonder you know is fitton going to invoke his fifth amendment rights against self-incrimination is fitton some people have you know, some people have speculated, is Fitton cooperating? 
has Fitton turned on Trump potentially because Fitton is very much exposed for criminal liability. Um, so Fitton speculation is not right. only involved in the January 6th stuff we should, uh, you know, mention and remind people of. He's also heavily involved in the theft and the obstruction of the top secret documents. Fitton is the guy who told Trump to blow off the National Archives. He's the guy who told Trump, you don't need to give them back. They're yours. You're the president. They're yours now. You get to keep them. Those are your documents. He was Sox the guy case. who did that. I yeah. got the socks case for right, you, man. Which, yeah, yeah. And he's with the socks case nonsense, which we've uh, said ad nauseum here, what, what that was about. But literally beyond the socks case, he was the guy who told Trump, you don't have to give those back. They're yours. They're your documents. You could do, yeah, you, you declassify them with your mind. They're yours. Like he was the guy who put all this in in trump's head and so he is actually tied to a lot of the criminal investigations into donald trump not just january 6th but january 6th and the issue over the confidential documents yeah, he's a total idiot too like so when trump... <laughs> <laughs> like when donald trump says there is no law on point uh, criminalizing my behavior and as i would point out in the videos i would do it's the laws are literally in the search warrant. They're, they're right there. Okay. It's espionage act. It's obstruction. It's concealment and mutilation. Like those, those are actually the laws. It's they're criminal laws. You can't do that. And they carry with it massive criminal sentences, but he's getting that analysis from somebody who's basically pretending to be a lawyer, you know, who, 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 who is a lawyer, who's intentionally a bad faith actor, um, you know, who's representing that he's judicial watch this, a judicial watch that, but who doesn't really have any, you know, he's, he's not a real lawyer at the end of the day, you know, when, whether he actually said, I'm, he's, he's never said I'm a lawyer, but I think clearly the context within which he speaks about the law, it, it gives that uh, appearance, but I want to also talk about this. Um, so that's that's Fitton and Jack Smith. I talked about the emergency hearing that took place in New York State Court before a judge in Goron, where Donald Trump filed a frivolous answer to the lawsuit against him, seeking at least two hundred and fifty million dollars by Letitia James, where Donald Trump basically claimed. I don't know who runs the Trump organization. I can't admit or deny the allegations and also just said things that completely contradict statements that Trump's given in sworn deposition testimony before. All the lawyers are so on to Trump now, and it's great, and all the judges are on to him too. So the moment that Trump plays a game, what the lawyers do, whether it's New York Attorney General Letitia James or Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, you run right to the court. Because if you don't, you, they've realized what Trump's tactic is, well, if you were really concerned about my behavior, you would have said something right away, right? So now they run to the court. We need a hearing because they know Trump's trying to delay the trial date. New York New York Judge Arthur Ngoron said, I'm not moving the trial date. October, October 2nd, 2023, not moving. Same thing, the E. Jean Carroll trial, April 2023, not moving. Trump's got trial after trial after trial yeah, coming yeah. up in civil cases. And then we have all of the criminal investigations that are taking place. And for me, it's really a question of who indicts first, Tony Willis, Alvin Bragg, or Jack Smith. That's why Donald Trump's calling for civil war. Hmm. And the same thing when I talk about the lapel pins, where you hmm. may go, all right, he's probably saying some outlandish crap. 
but he's not actually calling for a violent like civil war. Well, he is, is yeah. and they are wearing lapel pins. So this is what Donald Trump posted. Um, he goes, then they will have to figure out how to fight 80 million plus. It's not going to happen again. People my age and old will physically fight for him this time. What we got to lose. I'll donate the rest of my time here on this planet to do it. And I know many, many others who feel the same. They got my sixth and we are locked and loaded. That's Trump reposting somebody, some cult member on his social media platform whose name is Free Texas 1776. And Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat, goes, it will likely get little to no attention today that the current frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination just told his supporters to start arming themselves for a civil war to overthrow the government in the case he loses. Just Trump being Trump. So quirky. He's obviously being sarcastic there and both criticizing Trump and large media networks who are not going to cover that and treat it like this is a both sides. Here are the Republicans, the conservatives. And here are the liberals. That's why I always say on the Midas Touch podcast, never, ever call a MAGA Republican or a Republican conservative again. These are not conservative people. How many times I read headlines today about Fitton going in front of the grand jury where they called him a conservative activist. Not a conservative activist. He wants to overthrow the freaking government. He's not a conservative uh, activist. Stop calling these idiots, these right-wing MAGAs, stop calling them conservatives. And then, you know, the media's excuse, well, we don't want to give him any attention. That's why we're, we're giving him airtime. Okay, BS. You give him attention anyway. Donald Trump's got a new airplane that swooped into New Hampshire. And Trump Force One. So Trump, yes, Trump, yes. Trump Force One. You do cover him. And you cover them in ways that are favorable. So you need to cover this. We cannot cover our eyes and close our ears to the fact that the Republican Party today is now a MAGA Republican Party. That is a fascist party. That it is led by a deranged, sadistic cult leader who is reposting commands for civil war. Like, could you imagine? And it's all in plain sight. Right. Like you don't need sleuthing and finding this, you know, email that was said. He's posting it. He's telling you. And then they're actually doing it. And so when this crazy person, this MAGA terrorist is writing in here, um, it's not going to happen again. People my age will physically fight for him this time. They physically.